Hello, I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intelligence, forecasts, and success strategies. And we certainly have some success strategies for you today. My guest is Rod Santamassimo. He's founder and president of the Massimo Group. And we're going to talk about high-performance business development. We're going to talk about things that are important to every business, every entrepreneur, every sales group, every salesperson in the U.S. Rod, thanks for joining us here in Studio One. Michael, always a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Well, Rod, time management seems to be one of the most crucial skills that I see in business operations and sales teams and and in salesmen and entrepreneurs. You know, it never ceases to amaze me when I see somebody real successful, how much they get done in a day. And And I always admire that. So I'd love to have some time management skills, some tips from you for our listeners and viewers. Certainly. And I agree with you, by the way, everything you, whether we're practice you maybe and what service you may be offering, think about what's the most important thing you have, and that is time. We all have skills, we all have teams, hopefully, but time is everything, absolutely is everything. So the first thing you ask is, how do I be most efficient? My first question is, well, what are you not doing, right? Look at those top producers, look at those top performers, whatever the profession may be. What are they doing during their time, and what are they not doing? And it's really the key is, what they're not doing that makes them so efficient. The delegating. The delegating, absolutely the delegating. Understanding yeah. their value and just focusing on what makes them the most effective in their in their line of business. I mean, I'm still checking my own email and it almost seems archaic at this point. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> should be doing that for me, right? <laughs> well, yes, top producers tend to have people that screen their emails and filter those through. There are people I know that don't even have, their, don't even have email accounts. Yeah. You know, they rely on just communication in other ways. God, I hate them. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's like, that's just not even fair, right? Right, it's not. So what are some of the things that these top producers are delegating? What are some of the various things that they tend to delegate that helps them? Well, it depends on their position, their role. Because when you say top producer, it could be a top producer in a, in a marketing role. Why is that marketing person or research person so effective? Just don't think the originator of business. But from a delegation standpoint, if it doesn't achieve a minimum threshold of return on their time, I know David Noir wrote the book Social Economics. He talked about return on involvement, right? What's your return on involvement on this episode, on this, this task? They understand what their value of time is. If it doesn't achieve that minimum threshold, they do not do it. So some folks will do nothing but make phone calls. They know that's what they're best at. In fact, this morning I was talking to one of our top clients and his whole role is just making phone calls. That's all he has to do for that business to grow. Other people is going out and meeting people, creating different segments in the marketplace and marketing, but it's all about what you individually know is the number one thing you need to do to move your business forward and allocate the time to do that. So it sounds like you're also advocating figuring out what you're really good at. So if you're going to have effective time management, it should be doing something that you're efficient and good at well, on the team? Yes and no. Okay. Okay, for example, I'm really good at Excel and pivot tables, Yeah. right? If I spend my day doing that, I'm not making any money at all. Okay. So just because you're better at something or faster than someone else, that won't make you wealthier. Okay, so understand that. Being really good is not the barometer to do this. It's yeah. what you're really good at and you enjoy and is profitable. That's the issue. So, Rod, what do you say to the entrepreneur 
that feels like that he's doing things so well and that he has trouble letting things go. He has trouble delegating because, you know what, they're not going to do as good as I do it. You know, what, what do you say to those guys? And that's, that's the point. It won't make you wealthier. So uh, I remember in my first book and a gentleman named Mike Davis, who has always been a top producer for a national firm in, in a certain uh, industry, and he shared that he never mows his lawn. He never does anything manual. Uh, there are other folks that I'm aware of, they don't even drive to work. They just want to drive to work for them because they're on their phone, right? So they get the most, you can, and I know that's, that's probably way out there for some people. Oh, wait a minute, someone drives them to work and they're on the phone? Well, for them, that's their value of time and value of money. So you have to understand and identify first and foremost what you need to get done. That's the first thing you do. First, identify what you need done. And then there's, we have this rule of prioritization we want to talk about a little bit of what, why you should work on certain things. Yeah, I would like to talk about that. Uh, I was in a grocery store with my son not too long ago. And he went in and I was looking for some things. And I couldn't find them. And my son looked at me and he said, said Dad, when's the last time you've been in a grocery store? And I said, well, since I got married. He's like... So you don't know anything where anything is, do you? I said, no. And he said, look, I go with mom all the time. I'll show you where everything is. He drags me around. And then when I went down this one aisle, and as I walked down the aisle, they were so happy to see me. They just turned on the lights as I walked down. <laughs> I'm like, no, Dad, they do that for everybody in the freezer aisles, right? So, 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 so time in, so you really got to figure out, I guess, you know, how much, what's your income, what, what's your value, and then figure out, well, if that computes down to 500 an hour or 250 an hour, even 100 an hour, and you can pay someone 12 or $15 an hour, you probably shouldn't be doing it, right? Well, you definitely shouldn't be doing it, yeah. first and foremost. And, yeah. and you're right, Michael, a lot of folks struggle with that. Well, then I got to spend money, yeah. right? It's an expense. No, that's a minor investment in allowing you to do what you do best. That's the key. So yes, you have to invest in yourself and invest in others to allow you to grow. Yeah. And what about a salesperson that's, you know, he's in charge of, of really uh, making the cash register sing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what are some specific time management tips for salespeople? Well, look, you have to find, win, and fulfill a business. That's the sales continuum. That's, that's what you have to do. And so anything outside that realm of finding or winning business, you should not be doing it. And for most salespeople, if you ask them just to track, and this is a great exercise, just give them a pad of paper like you have there and say, just write down everything you do for one week. Everything you do, from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed. And then let's see what's the most effective use of your time. And many times that's the only lesson they need. And they'll realize, oh my goodness, what am I doing? What am I more effective? I should be making more calls. I should be meeting more people. Whatever it might be for them in their, in their industry. They'll figure it out pretty quickly. We call it just like identifying your, your responsibilities. And that one exercise will really be a highlight to a lot of folks say, okay, this is what I need to focus on. Yeah, I like that point. That's a good one. We're talking to Rod Santamassimo about tips for high-performance business development and sales. And uh, so... If also you're in sales and you're prospecting, you're, you're generating leads, there's a lot of different things that you're going to do to generate leads. You mentioned calls. You mentioned events. So should you also kind of gauge what you spend time on and the results there so you can prioritize? And, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, we look at prioritization as far as three buckets. First is transactional. Everyone's got to work the business. You have to. That's no doubt. I'm not going to say it's a priority of the three, but that's one of the buckets. The second is working on your business. You know, working on those marketing plans and those prospecting plans and strategy plans, whatever campaigns you have. The third bucket, I know this, I get a lot of pushback on this one, is the personal side. 
I believe everyone needs to have a personal priority every day. Whether it's going to the kids' soccer game or working out or just, that's what keeps us energized and moving forward. This is why we do what we do. I hope it is for most of us. Yeah. So if you think about it, you have those three priorities every day. Here's the rule though, Michael. You can't have this, you can't do three buckets. You can't put all your activities in one bucket. You right. must spread out your buckets. And that's a priority for that standpoint. Yeah, uh, that's a good point, especially doing things that are for your, your personal life and making sure you're including those. I remember as a, a young broker, I did really well. And I was working pretty much 12 to 14 hours a day, five days a week. I was working Saturdays probably eight hours. And then I was actually working two or three hours on Sundays. And then I started studying top producers. And I found that, you know, the top producers around the country were, were doing better than me. And I just couldn't believe, see how they were doing it. And one of the things I found was that, that they had that time that they did what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I know one broker that worked every day and then would take a week off a month and the weekends around it. So this broker was traveling the world every month for 10 days, but then worked solid all the other days. I'm like, this broker's traveling the world and still running a hugely successful practice. Absolutely. We see that all over the country. In fact, the top producers, brokers, insurance, lawyers, they do allocate and they spend a lot of time on the road. It's amazing. I learned this new thing this year called, I didn't know how to spell this, it's called Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Just learned about it this year. And when I started following people, you include it, to see what they're accomplishing outside their professional focus is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That that is uh, amazing to see what people can do. And you mentioned working on your business. That's one of the things I see that's probably keeps a lot of people from being ultra successful as they're they're doing it doing it doing it every day and they don't take that time to look down and work on it Uh, so what's a quick tip for doing that should you just try to schedule that or get some help with that well absolutely one of the keys to look at in prioritization and time management is allocation in fact we share with our clients we ask them every week where's your allocation bucket for working on your business you know show me in your calendar where you're not going to interrupt it whether it be half an hour an hour whatever it's going to be you're working on the business um there's a a thought leader named nito cobain i don't know if you know who nito cobain is fantastic thought leader and he says that to do is transactional right to do is transactional but you have to be before you can do. That's a little deep, okay? But it's true. We're on that transaction treadmill and all we're doing is transactions. And that's great as long as the market's good. But yeah. then comes a point where things might slow down or change and you've never actually built a business. Yeah. All you've done is transactions. Yeah. Well, stay tuned. We'll have more from Ron Santamassimo. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial real estate? You're invited to contact Bull Realty for customized asset and occupancy solutions. Call 404-876-1640 or visit bullrealty.com. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Today we're discussing high-performance business development with Rod Santamassimo. He is founder and president of the Massimo Group here in Studio One. And Rod, one of the things that seems to be one of the most productive ways for business development is the age-old sales call. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that some people hate to take or hate to, to get, actually, and hate to make. So what are some tips for 
people to, to make better sales calls? Sir, sure. number one, there's never a wrong time to make a sales call. It's amazing how many excuses I've heard on why you can't make a phone call over a certain time, right? No, no doubt about it. Why so no certain phone? time of day that's better or worse? I'm an avid reader, voracious reader on prospecting. It's never been proven one time is better than another. Now, some emails are open at certain times versus others, no doubt about that. Saturday morning's a great time for email, by the way. But email is not prospecting. Right. Email is not prospecting. That's not prospecting. Okay. Sales calls, there's no science to it, but just do it. However, if you're going to make sales calls or when you make your sales calls, who are you calling? And just don't say, I'm going to open my CRM, my database, and start going to your list. That's a huge mistake. Have your list in front of you and know who you're going to call. I believe in call blasts. I think call blasts are the most effective way to make sales calls, where you turn everything off except potentially your CRM, and you have your list of people that you're gonna call for half an hour or an hour, and you know who you're gonna call. There's a common theme to those messages, and you have your value proposition, your message ready to go. So there's, there's no winging it during sales calls. And so if you, if you connect and you have a conversation, yes, send an email, send a follow-up, but only after your blast is over. Get the blast through first and foremost. That's the key. So. Have, know your message, have a common audience, allocate specific time you're going to call. I have a timer when I call. I, I called this past Friday night I, at five o'clock. I said, I'm gonna call 10 people before I go home. And you know what? I connected with eight of them. Nice. Eight of the 10 people. And four of them was good news for us. Yeah. So that was fantastic. So I love the rule, one more call before you go home, just one more call, try it. Yeah. That's great. And you mentioned turning things off. So when you're making these, you called it call blasts. Yes. So so you're saying you kind of schedule those in your schedule? And Absolutely. Then, and then what do you turn off? You turn everything off. And I mean everything. Emails, cell phones, everything is turned off. There's no distractions. Some, some folks like using a mirror, seeing how they're looking, mm -hmm. if they're positive. Standing up is a great exercise. I don't Walking think the mirror around. helped me. <laughs> well, it, it will show if you're frowning or if you're energized okay. or not. That's the key, I right? I want to get to the gym, I think. Well, maybe, but you stand up, you walk around. It, yeah. it shows you have more energy when you make a phone call. Yeah. Your, your ethos, in that sense, your, your energy that you put forth in a call is so much more important than what you say. People yeah. don't recognize that. It yeah. really is. Yeah, because all they're hearing is your voice, right? They're not seeing your, your face. They're not seeing your expression. They're not seeing your body language at all. It's really just your voice. It's like being on the radio. When I first got on the radio, they said, Mike, you can't talk like this, like you might be able to talk to someone in person. You got to sound a little more excited because that's all they're hearing, right? Well, you're always excited to be Michael. So <laughs> right. I got to tell you. Your voice will come through and they'll get an impression of that alone. Yeah. And then you mentioned that there's no bad time, but then you just mentioned that you made some calls uh, late Friday. So is there a certain day that's better? Again, haven't found one day versus another. I found yeah. excuses for every, you, you tell me a time that you think you're gonna call, I'll tell you an excuse I heard why you can't call that time. <laughs> I, I hear them all. Right. So just make the calls. Sure, look, Saturday morning, some folks are in the office trying to get some work done. There's no doubt about it. Friday night, a lot of, a lot of the owners, decision makers are still in the office. They yeah. are. Yeah. And, Great time to reach them as well. Yeah. Yeah, I've had good success calling between five and seven mm -hmm. uh, because a lot of successful people are still working and they're not as busy and the gatekeepers are sometimes Absolutely gone. Absolutely true. And one of the things that I think my listeners are curious about too, as we're talking about sales calls, 
are kind of opening lines, kind of getting a call started, the first things that they hear. Because I know when I get calls and they ask me how I'm doing, someone asks me that doesn't know me how I'm doing, I just think, why would I tell you how I'm doing? Well, my back hurts. Why are you even asking me? <laughs> it's, it's, I love that you said that. I, yeah. I just finished a book called Fanatical Prospecting by uh, Jeb Blount. Give God credit. Really, really good book. But one thing he says in there is, never ask the question, ever, how are you doing? Because yeah. all you're doing is you're allowing an interruption. Yeah. So in, in that process, and the way he allocates, the, the call should go is, introduce yourself, give your phone number twice. Tell them exactly why you're calling. Don't ask the questions. Don't give them an opportunity to speak. And it should only last 15, 20 seconds. And then give your number again if it's a voicemail, for example. Right. If not, then absolutely don't ask that question. Did I, is this a good time to talk? How are you doing? Right. You know what they're going to say, right? right? Yeah. No, I'm busy. Yeah, you're kind of opening it up for them to object. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and when somebody asks me how I'm doing, I'm like, I don't even know you. Right. I mean, you know. Um, so if you knew me, you'd know I'm just great. <laughs> so what about the rest of the beginning of the call? Because it seems like it's very important right from the start to get their attention and know to know, hey, what, why are you calling me? Why does it benefit me, right? Sure. So if, if there should be a reason. Should be, and that's the word. What's the benefit of the call to the person you're speaking to, right? To the mm -hmm. prospect. What's the benefit to the prospect? So what I'd say is the purpose of the call is, the reason I'm calling is, and the key word for us, we find the non-threatening yet open word in this world is share. To share with you the following. I like that. Right. To share with you that one of your neighboring tenants just renegotiate their lease and the impact it may have on you. Or XYZ law firm just did the following and the impact it may have on you. Right. So share that information. Get their attention right away. That's the key. You have to get their attention right away and get them involved. That attention involvement message has to be there. Or you're just a salesperson. It's all about you and and they don't really worry about you, they worry about themselves. Yeah, ex absolutely. And I love that word share because that just has great connotations, right? Mm -hmm. What about prior to the call, the reach to them? Should you consider a snail mail or an email that kind of hit them before you make that call or, or just, just call? Well, no, Michael, <laughs> I've been on the show before. You know I preach this. We preach this with our clients. Yeah. We know this works. We have thousands upon thousands of iterations. Now look at all the numbers. We know the formula works. So it is important to have a presence before you prospect. It makes it so much easier. You know, when you hear, never heard of you, or who are you? Ooh, ask me a tough call. It really yeah, is. Yeah. So what you can provide for them to build that presence, the reason for your call. People don't believe in snail mail. They're crazy. Snail <laughs> mail works. When, when positioned correctly, snail mail absolutely works. Even if they just see your name and throw out your material, it doesn't matter, they saw your name. It absolutely works. So I do believe to create a presence to leverage the prospecting effort. Okay, and can some of that that presence be in the form of an email that you shoot to them maybe right before you make the call? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. It could be a day before, two days before, you know, not the day of generally. Yeah. Although I have seen this this work. I have seen this work. I'm not going to change names. We, we have someone that will send out emails in the morning to their call list. Hey, I need to talk to you about the following. Mm -hmm. Give me a call at, right? Mm -hmm. And it works. These prospects will call this person during, during their prospecting time, yeah. right? Simple, one line email, hey, I need to talk to you about the following, please give me a call at X, yeah. right? And the prospects call them. It works sometimes. Yeah, well, that's good if you can get the phone to ring that way. One of the things that I don't seem to like when I get called, uh, cold called, is when they ask, the first thing they ask me, they say who they are and they say, did you get my email? I mean, is that wrong to do? Completely wrong, okay. completely wrong. Because that means then you're, you're leveraging 
a, it's a crutch, yeah. the material you sent. Yeah. And if you have to depend on the material you sent, then you really don't have a reason to call. Yeah. So you can refer to it later on, certainly. But yeah. I wouldn't say, did you get this? Did you get if they say no, are you going to stop the call and hang up? <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I want to say, yeah, I got your spam that you sent to thousands of people, and I didn't look at it. Right. <laughs> right? Exactly. So, yeah. So, yeah. You, so, you just told me that you've also spammed me, right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take a short break. We're going to get back with Rod Santamazamo about some more high-performance business development. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Stay with us. Check out Valuate, a real estate analysis program that can be easily shared with colleagues online to do what-if analysis. Visit GetValuate.com. That's GetValuate.com. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Today we're talking about high-performance business development. My guest is Rod Santamassimo. He's founder and president of the Massimo Group. And Rod, one of the things that all business people are interested in for their business is business development. And there's a lot of techniques. There's a lot of ways out there. Give us some ideas of of what works best. Sure. Um, First of all, Nothing doesn't work. <laughs> so, so, nothing is a, <laughs> not a winner. Everything works. It's just how you put it together. Okay. You got to think about, and, and this, is the, this is one of the challenges folks have. It's not a postcard. It's not a letter. It's not a, a vlog or a blog or a tweet. It, it, it's not. It's everything together in a campaign. Mm-hmm. So you have to look at your audience and say, what's the best way to reach them? And once I reach them and connect, have the prospect call, whatever it might be, What's the follow-up materials? So you should look at everything as a campaign and not just an individual event. So let me give you an example. So let's say our company, someone finds us on Facebook through an ad. So then they, they schedule a consult perhaps, or they ask for a free video series of the Michael Bull commercial real estate show or something of that epic. But they're getting dripped all along the way. And, and, we're, and that's the right word to use. We're, we're dripping them with content, valuable content all along the way, no matter what your audience may be. And so when the prospect call is integrated during that campaign, you've already established your presence. So yes, postcards. Yes, I don't call the word, I know people use this word, I don't, we don't use this, case studies. To me, that's NyQuil, but uh, success stories, right? Success stories. And those can be given mail with a prospect letter. Think about it. A prospect letter, this is what we're going to do. And by the way, as proof, here's what we've done, right? That's a, that's a really nice business development tool. Yeah. Certainly, you've got to get out there. You have to get out there and be seen within your audience. Mm-hmm. You know, in large groups, one-on-one is the most effective. We believe that you should have your list of top 100 influencers in the marketplace and those you will go out one-on-one with. Um, so... It's Michael's entire campaign of prospecting, of presence, and every methodology, integrate that to go after a client. Yeah, and you talk about the, the drip campaign of, of getting things out there that, that your audience wants to hear. But I guess the first thing you had to do is really well-define your audience and then figure out what is it they want to see and want to know about, right? Absolutely. We call that the avatar. You know, everyone should have their avatar. And it's, we, we've seen companies where they'll have cereal boxes, believe it or not, in the lobby of their three avatars. This is, this is their avatar. So for us, new to the business, mid-career, top performer, those are our avatars for us. And we have certain messages because we know the struggles and the issues. And that's what you need to find out. If you're going after an audience, right? So who they influence by, what issues are common to them, 
and by the way, this is not hard to do. I, I know one of the studies, uh, Hoover's, for example, puts out great material on the issues facing every industry leader in every industry, every CEO. And you can, you can subscribe to that and see what issues they're facing. Great, gives you great content to go after them from a prospecting perspective. Right. And one of the things you mentioned uh, there was events. And it seems like events can be very time consuming, especially if you have to travel to get there and mm -hmm. spend to get there. What are some tips for a salespeople and, and business owners related sure. to them. Number one, you should always let people know you're going in advance and you should schedule as many meetings as possible. If you're just going to show up and see who you see, it's kind of a lost leader already. Yeah. Um, if you can't define to yourself and to your peers, right, what success looks like coming back from the events. For example, I'm going to an event tonight and tomorrow. And I have a certain metric, and this, is, this sounds really simple and crazy, but we created special cards for this event. We're, we're sending everyone to a website just for this event, and I have 100 cards. And I told myself, if I don't get 100 cards, it's a complete failure for me. That's just what it is. So what does success look like? Also, be careful. There are people that, that are really, really involved socially in every event, <laughs> but the problem is they're not prospecting. Oh, so yeah. they're coming famous but not becoming wealthy. Right. And this card that you're giving out, does it also have a specific landing page? Yes, specific okay. landing page. We make okay. sure, and that's a, that's a great idea, Michael. We, yeah. we, we use it. So that's why it's a great idea, right? Yeah, right, <laughs> so, right. Yes. Just don't think about a business card, but every, if you have a targeted audience, right, how can you send them to a landing page? Don't think a website. Just think landing page, lead page. Google it if you're not sure what that is. And it goes right to a direct page, which is a direct message for that audience. Right. Exactly right. And then plus, even if it's a... Um, URL that you can just kind of gauge and maybe it even forwards to another page you already have on your site. But at least you can see it came from that event, right? Absolutely. Or that advertising, mm -hmm. right? And we do that. Some of the advertisers on our show will do that. Well, they'll have a certain URL. So they can kind of gauge what we're sending them, especially since we're sending them uh, click-throughs and voice. Right, people are just hearing their name and, and just googling it. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, if they're if they're hopefully if they're going to that one URL, you know where it came from. What about and and we're short on the break, but what about social media? Important. Very important. Very yeah. important. You know, I preach the personal, physical, digital in my presence approach. It is it's a piece that you, you cannot ignore anymore yeah. because your competition is doing it. If you're not, you're gonna get lost. Yeah. Well, I want to know some more about that. I think a lot of our, our viewers and listeners are, are running businesses and they're curious because, you know, it seems like uh, social media is free, but it's really not free. When you think about the time and effort you got to put in, you got to think about the content, you got to think about the audience, the message. And, the, and one of the things I want to ask you when we get back is, you know, which ones are best? Which of these social media sites are best for businesses that are trying to do business generation and get leads? So stay with us. We'll have more from Rod Santamassimo. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Stay with us. Are you in commercial real estate brokerage? Check out Apto. Created by and for commercial real estate brokers, Apto is the leading web-based platform for managing relationships, properties, listings, deals, and back office. Visit apto.com slash CRE show. Commercial real estate owners defer thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands of tax dollars through cost segregation. I recommend Ernst & Morris. Call 1-800-COST-SEG or visit costseg.com.
Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Ball. We're in Studio One here with Rod Santamassimo, founder and president of the Massimo Group. And Rod, in an earlier segment, we were talking about ways to generate business. And I noticed that one of them, uh, the ways that people are thinking about business development these days, we didn't mention was social media. And, you know, it's all the rage. It seems like everyone's involved. But you talk to true salespeople, people who are leading sales teams, they seem to think, well, really, you need to be in front of people. You need to be making calls. You know, if you waste time doing social media, you're never going to make any money. What do you say to those guys? Well, again, back to that prospecting and presence. Social media is presence. That's yeah. what it is. And mm-hmm. that, that's a lever for your prospecting. And, and it's a vital, it, it truly is a vital lever for your prospecting. And because... That's where, for example, we did a campaign um, just last month, and my team, and I'll tell you why social media is so easy, my team informed me that 80% of those who went to this campaign went off from their phone. Not to our website, from their phone. This is where the market's going. This is where it is. It's all mobile. So if you don't think social media is important, I say take a really good look at the stats. Very, it's critical. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty active on social media, um, on Twitter and on LinkedIn, um, and and my company, the show's uh, active also on Facebook and everything. And it seems like that while there's a lot of followers and there's a lot of content, it's hard to really see, are you really making direct money from it? Right. Is there, is there an IOR? Yeah. <laughs> is there a ROI, excuse me. Yeah. Is there an ROI on return on your investment and yeah. involvement in social yeah. media? And there's no one that could share with you stats to say, yes, this is how I got this. Now, Facebook conversions, you can track all day long. Yeah. And Facebook ads, you can track if they convert. Absolutely, I get that. You, yeah. you can do that. But here's the point. You want to get out there, you want to be known. You want to be known as a market leader. And so you're saying, well, I don't want to invest the time, the money. Uh, very simple way. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm in my mid-50s now, and so I need a mentor. And, Michael, I, I would say you're probably close to 35, right? So <laughs> right. You need, we, close. we need mentors to help yeah. us. My mentor is a 25-year-old young lady named Helen, and she does all my social marketing. So I invest in her. I, I write a blog, and she posts it on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, Twitter, you know, does everything for me. All the, there's tools to do all this very efficiently, yeah. effectively, and very economically. So people are afraid it can cost money, of course, time. I spend an hour a week writing a couple of blogs, and my social media is completely covered. Completely okay. Covered. And so she's not a salaried person. No, she's an independent contractor. Yeah, so she's not even in your city. Not even my city. She's actually in Maine, and I'm in Carolina. Oh, she's in your country, (laughs) then. She's in my country. But they don't necessarily have to be. Right. They don't have to be. Right. In fact, this young lady is Chinese. She's from China. And and so, but she's fantastic. When this is the commercial real estate show, and I know you guys do a lot of coaching in the commercial real estate world. So for the people that are in commercial real estate in some way, are there certain social media sites that are better than others? It, it depends on your audience. But we're finding right. right now, no doubt, and now you're saying social media sites. Here's a clarification. So LinkedIn, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Facebook, yes. Facebook, yes. People can't know. They, it works. I mean, yeah. I'm a believer. I'm a converter now. Yeah. Facebook, yes. And certainly Twitter. But you have to not only know your audience, it's, it's great to tweet, it's great to post a blog, it's great to whatever you're doing on LinkedIn and join a group. You know, so, but if you don't engage in those mediums, all you're doing is throwing stuff out there, but you have to engage. If somebody's a comment on your stuff, you have to get back to them. You right. have to engage. Right. So what is your Twitter handle? 
It's Massimo Group. Massimo. Massimo, Massimo Group. Massimo Group. And mine's at Bull Realty. So if you don't agree with us, tweet us right now <laughs> and say, you guys are nuts. This stuff really does. No, it really does work. And, you know, I know there's a lot of people that do get business, and but it's really hard. You know, people asked me the other day that they have a lot of Twitter followers. Am I getting business directly from it? But no one calls and says, you know, I didn't know you're from Adam's house cat until I saw your Twitter feed. And now I want to list an apartment complex with you. It seems to be it's, it's really more of presence, isn't it? They're, it, it, they're just seeing you, seeing you, seeing you here, seeing you everywhere. I'll give you a quick story, Michael. I started I was told by an influencer, start your own LinkedIn group. Mm-hmm. I said, Who, why would I do that? I had no idea. So I did. I went out and I started my own LinkedIn group uh, called CRE Coach. And the first night I went to bed and when the next I woke up and I had 200 followers in my group. So I ran to my kitchen and I tell my wife, honey, I start my own group and I have 200 people. Now it's 2000 something, whatever it is. And she said, how much money they all pay? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I had to share that that's really not the essence of social media. It's about following and presence. Yeah. And you talked about in social media, understanding your your audience and knowing what they want. But it seems like one of the biggest challenges a lot of people have is really finding that content. What are some tips there? You know, the content is all here. It really is. The two places you get content. Number one, read everything you can. There's content every day out there. Read blogs, read magazines. I, I flew up here. I have three magazines in my briefcase. But I'm in sales. I don't have time. No, no. It's it. You, have to work, you have to allocate time to work on your business, work on yourself. You have yeah. to improve yourself consistently. Yeah. So read the material. Also, we all have this uh, unconscious competence. We do. There's, we know more than we, we let on. We all do. Yeah. And we, oh, that's, everyone knows that. They don't. Yeah. They don't know it. Yeah. Right? So... Put it on paper. Yeah. Put it on paper. That's a very good point. And I, I see that all the time. Like, I've got people who specialize in, like, self-storage and single-tenant net lease. And, you know, they know so much about those industries. It's just incredible. And I don't think they re- even realize it. They don't. They don't realize it. They, they know so much. Yeah. And so you just let it out there. Yeah. And so that's the kind of thing that they can tweet and, and write about. And they don't necessarily have to write a big blog, do they? They can put out something short. Very short. And, and can they also, is it okay to repost other people's content just so those people know it, that it yes. came from them? Sharing, share information, right? Back to yeah. that share word yeah. is what, what social media is all about. And as long as you're sharing quality information and someone say, you share an article with me, for example, mm-hmm. say, Michael, so, thank you so much for thinking of me. Yeah. I don't know who the author was, but it was you that thought of me. Yeah. That's great. Right. right. We have a sectors button on the Commercial Real Estate Show website at CREshow.com, and you can pick by sector and see podcasts and articles and videos. So if you're in a certain sector, they have, well, if your audience is in that sector, they're gonna like that information, so you can share that. Well, stay tuned, we'll share more with you right after this message. Would you like to shake hands with commercial real estate decision makers? Well, look for the tab Upcoming Conferences at the website interfaceconferencegroup.com. That's interfaceconferencegroup.com. Excelligent, the resource professionals like CCIMs, CBRE, JLL, Colliers, and Bull Realty use for market intelligence. Commercial Search is the site to market and find available properties to buy, sell, or lease all over the country. Visit CommercialSearch.com.
Welcome back. We are talking about high-performance business development with Rod Santamassimo, founder and president of the Massimo Group here on the Commercial Real Estate Show. Of course, I'm your host, Michael Ball. Rod, one of the things that seems to be very empowering in my business, when I see these entrepreneurs that are commercial real estate brokers who, you know, they're basically running a practice of their own, is that motivation. It seems like if they've got great motivation, then they learn and do all the things that they should learn and do. But if they lack that motivation, it really hurts their business. And, and I see that in every business that, that I work with. Uh, you know, you've got to have motivation. Where do we get it? Well, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely true. Number one, some, some of it is just inherent, right? You just, some, are, some people are more assertive than others. It's a natural behavior. You're, you're goal-oriented, you're driven, and that's, that's just a common, you can't, you can't reproduce those genes, you, you can't. But so, number one, if you're naturally assertive, you're, you're good, you're yeah. disciplined, you're gonna go forward. And, and those people tend to be more competitive. They'll see someone doing better than them or doing a, doing a deal or a transaction, they'll say, well, that should've been me, and so they're driven internally. But beyond that, uh, it's really key that you surround yourself with who you want to become. It's right. so critical. And not just people, right? So one day I'll, I want to be like a Michael Bull, so I'll hang out with you, right? Be and, careful and, what you ask for. what you ask for. So it definitely needs to motivate. Uh, I will tell you, every day I wake up, and it's, it's kind of corny, I know that. I look in the bathroom mirror, I did it this morning in the hotel, and said, okay, Rod, you got to go get employed, right? You got to go get hired. Mm-hmm. And that, that's every day. I know that. So I'm always pushing myself. You should read as much as you can on success and okay. what's working for others in other industries. Forget your, what industry you're in. It doesn't matter. Read about others in other industries. I read Success Magazine. I love it. It just shares me what other people are doing, their thoughts. I go to their blog. Uh, and, and I'm a big believer also in Audible books. And actually, I've just started now exercising while listening instead of music. Books. Very, very motivating. There's so many ways you can motivate yourself with resources that are available today on the internet, free, low cost, and with people around you. Yeah, that's excellent tips. Excellent tips. I think all of us experience this, though, Rod. We all think we're motivated, and whether we're really motivated or not, some days we're a lot more motivated than others. So, no matter where you are in that scale, if you're really successful or want to be more successful, you're always trying to find that motivation. How about goals? Is that one of the ways that can help us find that motivation? Well, goals can, everyone, goals are, we're a coaching company. So we set goals with our clients, not for our clients, but with, with all our clients, because that is the key, right? What are we trying to achieve over the next quarter, six months, one year, or in, our, in a five-year plan? You know, what is the goal we're trying to achieve? So goals themselves are a vision, it's the activities to achieve those goals which you have to create the motivation. Why do I need to make the calls, right? Why do I need to go beat these people? Why do I have to travel, right? That, that's where we get some hesitancy, right? Mm-hmm. Some reluctance. So you gotta motivate the actual lead metrics to get to those lag metrics, as they would say, right? right. If, if you wanna make a million dollars, that's great. That's historical, we can't really control that, but we can't control the activities. Let's motivate you on the activities. So you have to connect those activities with the goal, right? Absolutely. And figure out, all right, well, if I make 100 calls and one of those calls is gonna help me make you know, 50 grand, then, then I know the other 99 are not wasted, right? They're not wasted. <laughs> They're, it's, it's, it's a step towards your goal. They're yeah. absolutely not wasted. Yeah, and how do you keep that in your mind? I think sometimes when you're going through the drudgery of the day-to-day, sometimes you get down. Well, number one, it's fact. You, yeah. you, can't, you can't deny the facts that it, it does take a certain number of calls to get a connection, right? Yeah. So you have to understand that. Also, 
I love another saying that I heard was, you, you don't earn, right? You earn what you deserve. I'm sorry, you earn what you deserve. Yeah. So people say, I, I deserve this. I deserve. No, yeah. you don't. Yeah. You don't. Go out and earn it, right? Yeah. Go out and earn it. And yeah. when you earn it, then it's there. Yeah. And that in, that in itself, you know, that loathe of self-pity, there's no room for it. Rod, great information. Thanks for being with us on Always the show today. Okay, we appreciate Michael. it. And I'll leave you with a motivational uh, statement that I use, is that if you do the absolute best job you can at whatever you're doing, you will get more opportunities. We appreciate you watching and listening all around the country. Maybe you're on iTunes, YouTube, or the radio stations. Thanks for being with us. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty, Asset and Occupancy Solutions. Ernst & Morris, the leader in cost segregation. Excelligent, building data everywhere. Apto, your entire brokerage in the cloud. And Get Valuate, online investment analysis. The best thank you? A referral to our sponsors. You can find them at CREshow.com.